0: Welcome
1: to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom J. Fox. He is the Community Outreach Director at Cambridge Credit Counseling, uh, based in Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Tom.
3: Thank you very much for having me, Mr. Goodman.
2: You are the uh, author of a recently uh, released uh, e-book called Learn Now or Pay Later, A Beginner's Guide to Credit, Debt, and Personal Finance. Why did you and Cambridge want to uh, produce this ebook? We wanted to take uh,
3: personal finance back to the basics. You know, there's a tremendous amount. There's a wealth of information out there with the tremendous authors such as yourself. <laughs> um, you know, but don't we do a lot of work in the community. Uh, you know, last year we did a couple hundred seminars alone. We got in front of maybe six thousand people on local community. And a lot of the feedback where the tire meets the road is, "Hey, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about investing yet. I'm not worried about my child's education yet. I, I can't even save any money. I, I don't know where to start." So we kind of took it back a little bit and, and wanted to. Analyze money from a personal point of view. Uh, you know someone's psychological aspect, as well as giving the tools to start something that they could, you know, start to see results with today.
2: So, at the beginning of your uh, ebook, you have something called "Money and Your Mind." Uh, what is it that people need to do to improve their mental mindset that's going to make a big difference in their financial outcome? Well, you know, a lot of our relationships or money are predicated
3: on our surroundings. You know, we learned, for instance, I grew up with my grandparents, and they gave me a Depression-era overview of finance, which is really different than where we're where we're at right now. You know, my surroundings being different than someone else's, I have a I have a different logic towards money. But when you're in, uh, you know, uh, when you're in a situation where there's not a lot of money in the household, or household, or, or people aren't even talking about money because then it's an issue of contention rather than, you know, something that we could all get an agreement on in the household. It tends to get discussed less and less, and we have less information to pull from. So that was our logic, is it really kind of help people understand what their own value system is with money. Then they can start making some decisions because then at that point in time, they begin to understand their own relationship and then cultivate a, you know, a healthy perspective towards their finances as opposed to perhaps maybe you know, not really understanding how it all goes
2: together. Now, you have various spending behaviors displayed. Uh, by consumers in various ways. You kind of break them into different categories. Uh, tell me what you mean when you say somebody is a scout relating to personal finances. Well, that's
3: uh, that, that's based on a bunch of uh, uh folks that used to, in our seminar series, they would just say, hey, you know, I got this great deal, but I had to travel out to Worcester, Massachusetts, which is an hour away to get it. Uh, you know, we we always tend to kind of want to get those good deals. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we put a lot of effort and energy into doing that, and in the long term, it actually, we're losing money for doing that.
2: And then you, you have somebody called the pushover. What are pushovers about?
3: Oh, well, people that basically can just, uh, you know, the, anything that's on sale, I, I got to get it. You know, when you go into the store and, you know, when they put all the end caps up, and, you know, people are really just, uh, they're just grabbing it because it's, they're very easy. They have a very uh, low threshold for, for for being marketed in a sense.
2: And then what is the escape artists?
3: Well, the, these are, this is actually some of the most, uh, most common that we see. People, when they're dealing with stress, uh, it, we live in a very, as you know, a very, you know, uh, instant gratification kind of society. And when we're stressed out, we do things to alleviate that. Some people eat and, you know, some people go to the gym, but some people shop. And if you've got a lot of credit cards, and, and this could really be, uh, you know, destroying someone's life in a sense. So we speak to people here over at Cambridge. They have twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 in credit card debt. And A lot of them say they don't even know how they got there. And when you do the exercise and our counselors talk to them and, and really get to understand their personality, a lot of the times they're going out and shopping as a stress release.
2: And then you have what you call the follower. What is a follower as regards to spending behaviors? Well, these are folks that, you know, they're,
3: they're, they are the Joneses. You know, they're, they're the ones, they're the people that follow. They're the people that are, you know, they're always keeping up with the latest trends and, and everything like that. And, you know, a lot of that can be uh, obviously uh, detrimental to your, well, we've got the new iPad coming out in, you know, a couple weeks. or uh, And already they've already seen people in droves selling their old iPad. They have to be, the new, you know, with the newest ones. Even though the last one may work perfectly fine, now the
2: iPad 3 is out and i got to go get that. <laughs> and then you have the firefighter. What does that mean?
3: Well, firefighters are folks that uh, you know burns a hole in their pocket, and I've known a lot of these people when I was younger. You know, you get an extra twenty, thirty dollars in your pocket, and you're like, hey, you know, especially when you're a kid, you're looking for every reason in the world to spend it. You know, I used to buy comic books just for the sake of buying comic books just because I had the extra twenty or thirty dollars in my pocket. It's not that bad when you're younger, but when you're older, you know, next us say you know we got tax season coming up and you get a big tax refund. You know, instead of looking to save that money, folks look to go out and just, what can I do with it? Oh, I need a new TV. I need a new PlayStation. I need a new this. Uh, and again, they don't hold on to their money. It's just very easy to, to, to basically part with it.
2: And then your final category is what you call the hard worker. What does that mean? Basically, it's folks that,
3: you know, it's, it's entitlement, but, but not entitlement at the way, as a way it's traditionally viewed. It's entitlement to the fact that, hey, listen, I work 10 hours a day. I do this. I do that. I deserve it. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. You 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 definitely deserve uh, uh, to, to live the best life that you can. But sometimes with finances, you know, you have to take a look at it in a different way. You know, we have, when we're dealing with finances, we have to look at not only our short-term, but our long-term objectives as well. And by just being, you know, looking at things as instant gratification, especially in the hard worker mode, you know, you're really out there just, you're not helping. For all the hard work that you're doing, you're really not realizing a big payoff for it in the end.
2: So these are the different categories you have. Once people realize what category they're in, what should they do with that information to improve their spending behavior? Well, you know, there's actually a a lot of great things.
3: You know, there's a new – I was talking recently with uh, Professor Ryan Howell. He's out of uh, San Francisco University. They have a great website called Beyond the Purchase. And it's a new website, and really what it does is it gives you, by answering certain information and and, uh, taking certain quizzes, it gives you a personalized overview of your relationship with money. And it's really unique in that sense because once you understand what category you're in, and then you start to look at these other aspects that feed into your spending habits, once you're cognizant of where you're coming from with your association with money, That's when you can really start to lay the groundwork to start to change that relationship. And part of that relationship is also understanding what your goals are. You know, where do you want to be? And obviously getting out of debt. And we know that debt right now is you know, credit card debt has come down a little bit, but it's still it's still up there and and now student loan debt is is far out past that. So now we're in that situation where we really have to take a step back and say, All right, I've got to look at my entire financial picture regardless of my spending habits, and make a nice plan for me to, to really get
2: where I want to go. You talk about the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness through spending. That's kind of the way Americans look at things. And you sp- separate people's spending into different basic categories, uh, the first one being uh, biological needs. Now, are there ways they can cut back on that? I mean, certain things people have to get. How is that affecting the covering their basic biological needs spending? Well, this really came down from uh, uh, the, uh, Abraham
3: Maslow, the hierarchy of needs, you know, the, basically how we live a, a, a successful life, uh, basic biological needs, safety needs, love needs, esteem needs, and, and self-actualization. They all kind of feed into each other. In every aspect, there's always an opportunity to save money, but it's always predicated on your personal situation there are certain things that you can do i mean obviously you can uh like biological needs. you need a roof over your head but you don't have to buy a house for seven hundred thousand dollars you know you can buy something a little more uh moderately priced or if you're renting you don't necessarily have to spend a thousand dollars a month on rent you could find a place probably comparable for
2: seven hundred and so uh take that through the other areas as well uh you know the uh You mentioned biological needs, but take us through safety needs, for example.
3: Well, safety needs, yeah, is basically establishing stability and consistency in an unpredictable world. And and there's really ways to do that. You know, there's a lot of physical security at home, good health and employment. You know, that's basically the, the, the crux of our life, creating a good surrounding for yourself and feeling safe in that surrounding. But that comes, you know, somewhat outside of the realm of spending in a sense. Good health could be... You know, uh, um, jogging. Right now in Massachusetts, we're having 72 degree weather, which is unheard of. <laughs> um, so it's a great day to get on your bike and take a ride. You know, these are things that don't cost any money, but still bring you a lot of joy. Um, physical security, you know, surrounded by friends and family, you know, having a good, you know, social structure, uh, being part of, uh, a church or, or other organizations like that. That really helps bring up your safety needs and also, to your love needs as well belongingness and, and and you know we all want to know feel like we're a part of something uh so those needs need to be kind of satisfied and you can do that very easily outside of the realm of spending
2: and how about esteem needs that's where people get into trouble spending a lot right
3: they they can and it, you know it's uh we want respect and you know respect comes from different avenues obviously depending on where you are in life uh you know uh We've seen it, uh, you know, if you even look at it in a gang mentality with young, young adults and things like that, it's a measure of respect or part of a group, and they command something. Uh, but that's obviously in a negative way. But you could get you know, satisfy your esteem needs to very easy measures of volunteering, you know, going down to your United Way and, and volunteering for uh, some efforts or going to even read uh, books to elderly folks and things like that. You know, you're able to satisfy those needs. And, again, you're actually putting something positive out into the world, and it costs you nothing to do that.
2: And how about self-actualization?
3: How do you get that without spending a lot of money? That's a culmination of everything. You know, if you are if you're really got yourself in a good mindset of life and you understand where you're going, where you're coming from, and even if you have financial challenges, you can live outside of those financial challenges by structuring all the other aspects underneath it, being secure, uh, the sense of belongingness, having a good esteem. And this all helps you to realize the person who you are. And that overall gives you a sense of, of knowledge and peace and from there, you know, that can really change your relationship with money, especially if you have like a spending habit where it's, a, you know, it's the firefighter its putting a hole in your pocket and things like that. You start to realize life's a little bit different and say, hey, you know what, it's not about the money that I'm making. It's really about the choices that I
2: have to make with that money. You talk a lot about uh, wants versus needs. Uh, what is the difference and how can people know what they really need versus what they want?
3: And that's obviously very subjective.
2: <laughs> um,
3: for instance, uh, over the weekend, I had to I had to buy a new computer. I really, really, really wanted an iPad, but I don't really need it. You know, it sounds fun and it looks great, but it doesn't really do all the things I need. What I really need was a netbook or, 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 or a laptop. That's got more functionality and, and things like that, and I need that for doing for my career because I travel and so on. But the iPad is really, really nice. But it's more of a it's a need. It doesn't really function the way it needs to. And that could be said of anything. You know, um, if you live in New York City, uh, a car at that point in time is it's 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 a it's a want. It's not really a need. But if you live in upstate New York, you may really need a car because everything's so very far away from you. So you have to do that gymnastics a little bit mentally to figure out well, do do I absolutely need this to live? That's how you start to draw that line between a want and a need. And anything that you basically is outside of, you know, the, the normal realm of life, it comes down to be, uh, it comes down to be a, a want as opposed to a need.
2: Dude, there's an awful lot of wants out there not as many needs. Oh, yeah. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Thomas J. Fox. He's the community outreach director at Cambridge Credit Counseling, uh, which is a national credit counseling firm. And we're talking about the new ebook that they've just put out called Learn Now or Pay Later. We'll be back after this.
4: Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success, with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: From the boardroom
4: to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's
2: 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Thomas J. Fox. He's the Community Outreach Director at Cambridge Credit Counseling, and he's just put out a new uh, e-book called Learn Now or Pay Later. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. Just want to people to have a little bit of background on Cambridge. Tell me a little bit about what Cambridge does for people and how they can contact it if, if that would be helpful to them. Yeah, Cambridge Credit Counseling. Uh, you know,
3: we're, we're a nonprofit organization. Our goal is is financial empowerment. We work to make sure that people make sound financial decisions. Um, a lot of folks call us up, and really they need some just basic advice. And what's really great about uh, our services, our average personnel here, our average tenured counselor is here on the average 10 or 11 years. So these are people that have made a vested interest in their life to, to really get out there and mobilize and help people in some of the most desperate times that they're facing. Uh, you know, our, uh, The average counselor has spoken to thousands of consumers, and they're, they're really unique individuals because they've heard it all. And because that breadth of information that they have and the knowledge that they have, they're really able to help somebody grab a hold of the reins of their life. You know, a lot of the times when people call in, they need some very basic advice, and that happens throughout a lot of our phone calls. We give them different resources. But every now and again, you know, we're going to run across somebody who's just got so much credit card debt that no matter what they do, it's really difficult to, to kind of get a hold on things. And at that point in time, what we do is we usually extend the opportunity to, to join a debt management program. And in that program, we're able to take uh, all that credit card debt and put it into one monthly payment. And from there, uh, what's really unique is is some of the average savings that we're able to get people. Like, for instance, lower monthly payments is one of the benefits of a debt management program. On average, our average reduction is $220.90 a month that somebody's saving, which, you know, if you're you're living month-to-month and paycheck-to-paycheck, that's a big chunk of change that helps you out, get to those other goals in your life. Even better than that is the reduced interest rates that we're able to get on average. Uh, Prior to joining the program, our average consumer comes in with a rate of 21.68% on their credit cards, and that's really high. Uh, Through our program, it generally drops drops down to an average of 8.47%, which, again, just helps them out tremendously. From there, we're able to eliminate late and over-limit fees. So if you, you know, got a little behind on the credit card or you went over your limit, we can help to get those uh, uh, you know, taken care of. And we're huge proponents of education. We do weekly education videos. We have guides that we send to people. We have uh, white papers that go out a lot of time. We, and we, new relationships starting all the time that we're able to offer more services to consumers. Uh, we They also have ongoing access to our nationally certified credit counselors and full support of our customer care associates. So we really do a, a, a really hard job of taking somebody who's having a lot of difficulties, getting them on a good path, and holding their hand throughout it. And, and the beautiful thing about a debt management program is it's structured to get you out of debt in this in the less time as possible, generally between three and five years, all dependent on your situation, as opposed to it could be 19, 20, 25 years on your own. And, and how can people contact Cambridge if they're interested in finding out more? It, definitely, they can call. They can uh, get get a hold of us one of two ways. They can give us a call, and our counselors are here until about 10 o'clock uh, uh, each night, except for Friday and Saturday, they're here to five. But our number is one eight hundred eight nine seven twenty two hundred, or they could find us on the web at www.cambridgecredit.org. cambridgecredit. org.
2: And if they want to get the uh, pay now, learn now, or pay later uh, ebook, how can they find that? It's really they go on Amazon.com
3: or they can uh, they can open up their Kindle and search for Learn Now or Pay Later.
2: Bring it right down there. Okay, so we talked about the different uh, kind of spending habits. You say it's hard for people to change their spending habits. What can people do to change their relationship with money so they can get on a better path? Well,
3: you know, one of the things is, is again, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, Understanding where you're coming from. And once you understand where you're coming from, you can make a path to go just about anywhere in life you want to go. And once you understand that, here I am, this is my relationship with money, and what do I have to change next? You know, it comes kind of in a holistic sense. Searching out what really makes you happy. You know, a lot of people, you know, we get caught up in, especially in uh, the world, uh, you know, of, of, uh, of money, and we see people living these fantastic lives and so on and so forth, but, you know, money doesn't make the person. You know, it, it's who they are on the inside that, this, that really defines their life. And, you know, people have lived fantastic lives and very amazing existences, you know, without ever earning, you know, six figures. So it's really amazing. And once you start to understand what, what truly makes you happy, and this comes to obviously, self-analysis and, 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 and things like that, but once you really understand that where your path can go, uh, there's really no obstructions in your way, financial or otherwise.
2: You talk about living in the uh, age of advertising, what does advertising do to people and their spending habits, and how can they counteract that? You know, that, that's, uh, that's, a,
3: that's a very interesting uh, question, in a sense. We, there are uh, numerous studies, especially now, around, the, uh, around neurosciences. And we, A while ago, I had a friend talk to, uh, I talked to that is in that field. And, uh, for instance, they were educating me that when you go into a certain lingerie store, when you walk in, they actually pump in uh, chocolate chip cookie dough uh, fragrance into the store to entice you to come in the store. Um, They do studies as to, you know, what certain colors promote people to spend money, and they usually put those colors right around the register, and it's like anything else. If you know what's happening, if you know what's going on, then you're better off to to kind of mitigate that in your life. But if you don't know, you know, you walk them by and, you know, you get their fragrance of cookies, Uh, you know, hey, I like cookies too, (laughs) and I'd go right in the store. Why wouldn't you? Uh, and, and that's kind of the thing, you know, really understanding, you know, advertising is out there really to promote a certain message, but it comes down to you to understand if that value really has an impact in your life or not. And that's comes, you know, and that comes to having a well-rounded approach to your finances, understanding your spending personality, your
2: saving personality, and also the short and long-term goals that you establish for yourself. You talk about becoming financially literate in the age of technology. I mean, there is so many uh, so much information out there and iPads and all these different things. What should people do, uh, if they don't have a good background in financial literacy to do it in this age of technology?
3: Well, some, uh, you know, there's actually, uh, websites and, and everything like that. There's a bunch of really good ones. Uh, and it's a mixture of things. You know, uh, there's, uh, probably one of the, the largest websites right now that has a great amount of information is a place called bankrate.com. And it gives people not only, uh, the tools and articles and everything like that, but it also gives them, uh, you know, the tools to gauge where they want to go if they want to buy a house and things like that. I'll show them. There's also a new website that started up. And it's called Planwise.com, and what that does is it helps somebody visualize their purchases. And you basically, and it's all anonymous. So you put in your information. You, uh, you're able to, you know, plan a goal for when you want to get there. And it shows you the steps, how you're going to get there, uh, and, and, and really that, paints that picture so you can really see it. Probably one of the better ways, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of uh, Twitter, Facebook, social media, love all that, uh, t- uh, tweet chats are something that's been uh, popping up uh, as, of, as of late. We actually, Cambridge hosts a tweet chat with uh, the bank rate and the dollar stretcher. And once a month, we pick a topic, and it's called Dollar Chat, D-L-R, it's hashtag, the number sign, D-L-R-C-H-A-T. And every month, we bring on a personal finance expert, and we take apart a situation. And people are able to just sit there and ask questions of personal finance authors or economists or whoever it may be. And we work together to try to put it in, in answers that make sense and that are that you can get traction with right out of the gate. Uh, put this information to work today as opposed to trying to figure out, well, how am I going to do this for tomorrow? Uh, and even beyond this, if you go to blogs, you know, there's great do- blogs out there. The Simple Dollar is a really good blog. Uh, Wisebread, uh, wisebread.com, great blog as well, getrichslowly.org. You know, I, I always recommend somebody go to Google, type in personal finance blog, and you'll get a treasure trove of, of information and fantastic resources that speak in your language uh, you know, not the language of of uh, you know, let's say a, a Susie Orman or someone like that. It brings it really down to a more relatable aspect, and this way you can see how you can put it the to work today.
2: You have a whole section in your uh, ebook called goal development. Uh, briefly, how should one uh, set up goals and make sure that you actually are making progress towards those goals?
3: Well, you know, after you get the, you know, uh, when you get through your your spending plan and you figure out what kind of monies that you have left over after you take care of all your obligations, the next thing is really set up where you want to go. But a lot of people start off their goals, unfortunately, uh, behind the eight ball. Uh, I met a gentleman two years ago, and uh, they wanted to buy a house. They were a dishwasher, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And I want to buy it for cash next year. I said, great, you have money in the bank? No, I figured I'd make enough to, to buy it in a year. It's unrealistic. You know, uh, when you're setting goals, you have to make sure that they are, that first of all, they're achievable. Uh, they're plausible. Uh, they have to be precise. You really know, you want to know how you need to get there. Yet yeah, that comes through planning. Uh, they gotta, you gotta prioritize it. Some goals are gonna be more immediate than other, And then you gotta get prepared. You have to really get everybody in the household on board if you live in a house with a family and things like that. You wanna make sure that everybody's steering the boat in the same direction. Then you got have some positive thinking. You know, you, you set up a barrier for yourself when you set up a goal that, that you really, you're not gonna, you're not gonna reach. But if you have a positive mindset and also the passion to bring it out, it, it, to get to, bring it to the fruition, it's amazing that what you can pull off. And then from there, it's your performance. You know, it's, it's meeting those things, changing the behaviors that need to get changed and getting to that goal.
2: You also have a section you call regaining financial control. After you set your goals, what are some things you can do to regain Financial control, things have been out of control.
3: Well, one of the first things is, is to really look at your bill payments and understand what, you know, what you're dealing with. You know, I recently woke or worked with, uh, a student just graduated college. Smart, uh, fantastic, uh, only issue, didn't understand anything about money. Didn't know what the interest rates were, didn't know that, you know, the bills were behind or anything like that. The first thing to regain financial control is to is to basically get your head out of the out of the shell. A lot of people, you know, do the the tortoise and they hide in their shell and they hope that the money situation is going to create, you know, remedy itself. But it doesn't. Um, you have to take an active participation. It's your life. It's your money. It's your debt, and you have to take that active role in it. And probably the best thing to regain financial control is understanding where your bills are, how much is out there, and then setting that plan to get out of debt.
2: You also have a section on building wealth. Once you're getting out of debt, you want to be building wealth at the same time. Um, and you talk about the various ways to make your money grow, like, uh, bonds and mutual funds and stocks. For somebody who hasn't done that before, where should they get started on making their money grow? Well, the first thing we always recommend to somebody is, at the very least, get a savings account. You know, get, get into that habit
3: of building savings. And then from there, when you, when you've got up to that point, you've got, you're out of debt and, you know, you've got good savings, let's say six months in the bank of, of all of your expenses, a nice good financial cushion, it's then time to go talk to a financial professional that can help you plan your, your your next goals. So they really get into the nitty-gritty of, you know, how to invest. You know, what do you want to do? Are you saving for your child's education? Are you saving for your retirement? You know, what are these things that you want to do? And then they'll work with you to help, you know, obviously diversify your financial plan. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you want to understand what the difference is between a bond and a mutual fund, especially in relation to... How that meets your financial goals. So, if you have a bunch of short-term goals, there's really no sense in you know buying up all these stocks only to, to trade them in six months later and, and try to you know marginalize the, the you know the, the stock market. You, know, you really have to sit with someone and, and they they can get a good sense. But that's running, uh, you know, and, and that's running. And right now, the, the goal initially is get yourself walking, and then you can run.
2: Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Tom J. Fox. He's the Community Outreach Director at Cambridge Credit Counseling, and we're talking about the new ebook they've come out with called Learn Now or Pay Later. We'll be back after this.
4: The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Uh, welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My uh, guest is Thomas J. Fox. He's the Community Outreach Director at Cambridge Credit Counseling. Um, and he has just put out a new ebook called Learn Now or Pay Later. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, you have a whole section on credit reports and it's quite detailed, but <clears throat> why don't you give people some of the basics they may not know now about their credit reports and how they can improve the accuracy of those credit reports.
3: Well that's a you know we, we see all these things on TV uh you know free credit report and you know all this and that and that you, we get caught up in the fervor of credit reports but unfortunately a lot of people I don't I don't think really get the gist of them uh probably one of the, the biggest uh, misconceptions about credit reports is that they're 100% correct they're not uh you know we there was uh, I was at a conference uh, maybe uh, a couple months back and one of the uh one of the uh, speakers you know made a point to say that nearly 80% of the credit court or credit reports in our country have some error on them in some way shape or form so it's very important that we take a look at our credit reports each and every year and you can get free copies of your credit reports by visiting www.annualcreditreport.com and you complete the information that you that that, that you need to, to put in there and they'll uh, send you copies of each one of your credit reports to your 3 transunion Experian, and Equifax. And you have to go through them line by line and make sure that all well, the information is accurate. Uh, because if it's not, you know, obviously, you know, higher interest rates, if you're, if you're, you know, you go to buy a home or, or, or if you go to buy a car and just one percentage point on a home, you know, in higher interest costs, could translate anywhere between fifty dollars to $100,000 extra that you pay on a house. So you really got to be careful about, you know, your credit report and always look at it well in advance of you making any kind of major purchase.
2: And how do you dispute if there is incorrect information on there? Each of the credit reports has a has a disputing process, but you can also write a you know
3: take it upon yourself to follow that process, and it'll be detailed in each of the reports. You know, but you can also write them a letter containing your complete name and address. Uh, clear identification of each item in dispute. You know, I, this says that I had a, an account with the ABC uh, retail store. I never had that account. You know, just to yeah, spell it out there. Include copies and and uh, not originals, but of the documents to support your claim. Let's say it's a it's a claim that someone's saying you made a late payment and you didn't. You know, you want to make sure you put copies of that information in there. And you always want to send that letter or, or any kind of correspondence, uh, certified mail, return receipt requested. You want to make sure that it was received, so you get a proof uh, back uh, saying that, yep, we got your mail. And then the credit reporting agency has to go to work and uh, clean that information up.
2: Uh, you also have a whole chapter on ID theft. Uh, some people think it's overblown. Some people don't, aren't really aware of it. How big a problem is ID theft, and what are some simple things people can do to avoid being victimized? I, identity theft is, is,
3: is really transformed. Uh, you know, it's gone well beyond the, the, where it's initial stages. It, it was birthed from uh, dumpster diving. People used to, used to go through your garbage can and, and, and take your information and start up, uh, ide- you know, your, a different identity. Now they're actually, ha- you know, hacking into, you know, uh, we, we've seen TJ Maxx, I think, was one of them that got a really big data breach and things like that. But you really, you know, you have to stay on top of that. And a really good way to stay on top of ID theft is always looking at your, uh, at your credit reports, you know, if you see all of a sudden that there's three cards on there you never had before, that's a you know that's a, that's a bells and whistle right there. You really got to jump on top of that. But you also you know you, you want to take a look at all your information. You want to make sure that uh, you know everything's up to date on your reports. Uh, you know you, you'll start to notice if you unfortunately you'll notice really really quickly if you're a victim of identity theft. You know you may you fail to receive your bills. You know you, you know your your, uh, your your ABC credit card comes in every month. The next thing you know it stops coming in. Did somebody change your address? or they now have set up an account somewhere else. Or now all of a sudden you may have great credit, and all of a sudden you start being denied credit or being offered less favorable credit terms, like high interest rates, you know, for no apparent reason. So if those things happen, you really got to take a look at your identity theft. You, I mean, you look at your credit report see what's going on there. Uh, and then from there, you know, if you are a victim of identity theft, you really have to, uh, we recommend that most people prov- uh, put in a police report with their local police station. Sometimes, you know, they'll say they don't, you know, well, oh, you don't really need a report. We recommend putting it in anyway. You never know. This way, you have a documentation. You have records of it yourself. And if anything has to go forward, you know at least you have at least you have some proof of the of the crime and that the report's been uh, you know claims been uh, made.
2: Then you have a whole section on credit scores. Uh, are people not aware that their credit scores, what they are, and what they should do? What are some of the things they can do to improve their credit scores legitimately? I think a lot of people uh, understand that.
3: They, they know there's a credit score. They may not know exactly how it works. Uh, you know, everybody I talk to has fantastic credit, you know, and you take a look at their credit, and uh, it's not really fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, it's it it's basically, if you look at your credit report, all the only information on there is accurate. You know, they're going to take that information from your credit report and distill it to a three-digit number, and that's going to be your credit score. It's going to be anywhere between uh, 300 and 850. And that the higher the better at that particular point. Um, but you know, when you, if you're falling behind on your credit or anything like that, that's going to start to bring your scores down. So the best way to to get a stabilized credit score is always make sure you're may, paying your bills on time and in the required amount. If you, know, you start making late payments, that's going to go on your credit score. And it's going to start bringing it down. Uh, you also don't want to use too much of your available credit. Uh, you know depending on who you talk to generally they say you don't want to spend any more than thirty percent of your available credit so if you' got ten thousand dollars available to you on all of your credit cards you really don't want to spend no more than three thousand dollars of that available amount otherwise you start bringing down your your score because you, you, know, you have less of a capacity to manage debt in, in in some capacities you know if you you know you start charging up all this high uh, high interest stuff and next thing you know your balances go up Some people, you know, some creditors may say, I don't know, you know, Jim put on a lot of money on his credit cards. I don't know if I can really extend more credit to him. Or you could be at that point where you'd like to get a home or something like that, and your credit's compromised because you're too much in debt. So it's basically like anything else, in moderation. If you're using your credit to go out and, and, you know, making minor purchases and paying it off in full at the end of the month, which would be ideal, you know, you really don't run into too much trouble but it's when you start to fall behind or you miss a payment here and there and or you're putting on too much debt, and that's really when your credit score is going to start to suffer.
2: You don't have a whole chapter on credit cards, and one of the things you talk about are fees and interest rates on credit cards. Uh, those fees and, and interest rates have gone up dramatically lately. Why is it that they've gone up so much, and, and how is that hurting people who are paying these high rates and fees? <coughs> well, the fees are
3: going up, each, each bank fees are, are a little bit different, but the fees have been changed, you know, a lot of people have uh, brought it back over to the Dodd-Frank uh, Reform Act, you know, some people are saying because of legislation now, banking systems have to re- reprioritize and restructure their lending mechanisms, and sometimes that's going to relate really, It's unintended consequences in a sense. Yes, we've made all these protections to help you, but as a result, the credit industry got really nervous, and they started to pull back. And, you know, we all saw it in the last couple of years, lenders were lending less and less money because they were nervous. They didn't know where things were going to go. They priced their things differently. Now we see interest rates rise. Uh, you know, it's also had, it spilled over to the regular banking industry. We've heard a lot about, you know, wanting to charge for, you know, free checking accounts are basically going the way of the dodo bird now. You know, so we have all these things that are kind of pulling at us. So, you know, really want to pay attention to those fees. But the great thing about credit cards, and I, I think that people sometimes miss the boat on is, they're a product, and you can shop around for them. You know, if you don't, if you, just because you get an offer in the mail, it doesn't mean that's the only place you can get a credit card. You can visit a site like CreditCards.com, and you can research different types of credit cards. And they'll ask you questions based on your needs for it. Like if you're, you know, a traveler and you like to get, you know, reward miles and things like that, they can show you a card that's maybe have a good interest rate that'll help you get that goal, and and and, and satisfy your need for it as well. And I think you know, I think last time I was looking into it, it was like there's roughly. 60,000 different kind of credit card products out there, so you just don't have to settle for whatever lands in your mailbox.
2: So, how do you weigh uh, the best credit card offer for your situation? Since there are so many card offers out there,
3: Well that's the great thing about going to some of these websites, especially uh, CreditCards.com. You know, and they, what they really do is they ask you based on you know it's a needs-based system. What are you looking to do with your credit card? As you answer these questions, they'll start to show you particular cards. That are based on the situation you're putting in front of them. Hey, I travel 80,000 miles a year. I fly all over the world. I pay my credit card off in full every month and say, "Oh, okay, great. Based on what you're saying here, this looks like it might be a good product for you. And it may give you two or three to choose from. And there, you know, just as an informed consumer, you look through the, varying, the various interest rates and can go, you know, really go from there. You know, I, I came back from uh, Arizona. It was, uh, I think it was last month. Now on my way back, at the very when we land, they make an announcement on there and say, hey, guess what, we're going to give you guys a special deal today. For everybody who signs up for our credit card, we're going to give you an extra 50,000 miles. Well, the hand shot up, and, and, and the whole plane took a credit card application. I would say 50% of the people on the plane filled it out and handed it in before even looking at any of the terms and conditions. And part of the, part of the, the, the interest rate on this credit card was almost 26%. But people weren't worried about that. They were worried about, hey, wow, they just gave me this offer. I'm going to get 50,000 free miles. So we really got to take it back and make really informed decisions. You have to weigh, you know, your use for the card versus the interest rate that they want to charge you. Because that's your future money you're basically giving up. That's your money that you can build your financial future with. And you have to
2: make a decision based on that. Are you willing to pay that much for a credit card? If you're not, shop around. You also have a whole section on collection accounts and when things go to collection. What are some things people should know in dealing with uh, uh, collection agencies and what their rights are, uh, not to be abused? Well, one of the the, the best uh, things I like to tell people about de-
3: when they're dealing with a collection account is just realize it's a telephone call and don't let it ruin your entire day. Uh, you know, we hear a lot from folks, especially here uh, at Cambridge. Uh, you know, just some harrowing stories about how people are you know getting uh, harassed and so on like that. Not all collection agencies do that. But if you come up against uh, somebody like that, you know, it is important to understand your rights. And one of the best uh, places to go uh, check out your rights is the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. And what that act does, and you know, we get into that in uh, the the, the e-book that's on Amazon.com. You know, we get into that a little bit, uh, and we talk about, you know, what what they can and can't do. For instance, you know, they can't threaten violence. Uh, uh, Collection agents can't use profanity or make continuous telephone calls. But obviously, continuous to one person is not continuous to another. So there is some ambiguity in that sense. Uh, they also, you know, they can't imply that they're attorneys or government representatives or they're not. They can't say that you've committed a crime. Uh, and that's happened a lot in our own community here. Uh, Cambridge developed a uh, personal finance program uh, with the local sheriff's office because a lot of the folks, when they were released from prison, they started getting telephone calls from their collectors and they're saying, hey, listen, you know, you were gone for seven years and... You got this debt, so what we're gonna do is if you don't pay this debt today, we're gonna to put you back in jail. Well, they can't do that. Uh, and, and again, they, a lot of agencies, if they're not on the up and up collection agencies, they'll take advantage of people and, and take, you know, their, their lack of knowledge on the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and use it against them. So that's why it really is important to be, you know, to be an informed uh, individual and, and to look into these different things that you're facing.
2: I mean, I've been hearing that a lot of people uh, are not really enforcing this fair debt collection practices act it's it's out there as a law but the ftc and others is one of their lowest priorities so abusers uh, uh, debtors are being abused all the time you know even though it's illegal it's still going going on is that your sense of what's happening yeah you know, we we i i don't hear a lot on
3: that end of it you know we do educate people about you know the the ways that they can go to file a complaint we gen- we generally say go to the ftc also the state attorney general's office uh and any other applicable state agencies you know, and you also want to tell the original creditor about it as well. Let's say, you know, your, 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 your debt was sold, uh, you know, from Citibank to, to a collection agency. So you might want to call Citibank and say, hey, listen, these guys that I'm working with uh, that you've sold my debt to, they're doing this, this, and this to me. You know, a lot of creditors don't want to have that kind of relationship, in a sense, with, with uh, a collection agent that's not basically you – you still have the opportunity to be a future customer of a bank as well that's why it's important to let the original predator know what's going on too. And you never know. Sometimes they may pull it back. They may purchase it back. It's very rare that that happens. But on the same token though, if they're really getting a lot of pushback and it's, in, you know, they may say, well, Mrs. Smith, let's pull this back. Let's get this working for you. And again, it's very rare that that happens. Uh, it can. It's more likely to get pulled back if it's an in in-house collections. But if it's in-house collections, you know, they, they take a different spin on it anyway because you have the opportunity to be a future customer and perhaps use the same card again. Or, uh, you know they really t- t- handle you with kid gloves but you can always go to your attorney general's office I know here in Mass our, our attorney general is, is very active with this our state treasurer uh, is again he, uh, very active as well uh, there's a lot of momentum for financial empowerment throughout not just Massachusetts but the entire country right now because we realized, you know, with the financial collapse and everything that happened, that we weren't as prepared as we could be. And a lot of people are trying to move that in that direction, getting everybody stabilized so we can make these informed decisions and, and not go through what we did in the past.
2: Very good. All right. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Thomas J. Fox. He's the Community Outreach Director at Cambridge Credit Counseling based in Massachusetts. And the ebook he's just come out with is called Learn Now or Pay Later. We'll be back after this.
4: markets up or down or if you're looking
1: to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's
4: 866-472-5790 voice america business network
0: if you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line Tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: My guest today is Thomas J. Fox, the Community Outreach Director at Cambridge Credit Counseling. Uh, He has also just put out a new ebook that came out today called Learn Now or Pay Later. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you very much. You have a whole section on home ownership. Uh, What are some of the things people need to do to be realistic about getting into homes they can actually afford?
3: Well, probably the biggest thing is is, uh, we're huge proponents of people attending a first-time homebuyer seminar. Uh, put on by a non-profit housing counseling agency. They're all over the country. They're in your neighborhood. And it's, uh, a lot of times you're sponsored and you don't have to pay anything for them. Sometimes it's a nominal fee, $50 or whatever it may be. But it really gives you a full-blown education of what home ownership really means, the cost that you're gonna, that you, that you, you're gonna have to bear. You know, for instance, a lot of people move into a home for the first time. They're moving from an apartment. They don't realize that the average Expenditure to, to furnish a home is ten, a furniture home is like ten thousand dollars, you know, above and beyond after buying a home. You know, now you've got, uh, you know, you, now you've got uh, a, a dining room and you gotta get a dining room table and then plates and this and that and, you know, so it gets very expensive. Even beyond that, a lot of folks, you know, didn't under, especially with the last financial crisis, Folks just moved into a no home because they wanted to move into the home. Uh, the, the American dream didn't include home ownership until the 1950s. The American dream has always been the land of prosperity and and giving you that upward mobility. And now they added home ownership into the American dream of the 50s. And you know we've seen home ownership explode, and and now we've seen it get to the point where it's it's become toxic in a sense. And a lot of folks just got into homes uh, because it was the thing to do. By getting ed- educated about homeownership, understanding what your responsibilities are going to be as a homeowner, it kind of gives you that, that understanding of maybe it's not even a good time to be a homeowner. There's no shame in that. That's, that's actually a good thing to find out, that you're not ready for homeownership, because then you can make a plan to get there. Uh, and it also help you avoid a lot of stress, too. We see families now... <coughs> You know, uh, the foreclosures have been in the millions and millions of each year. Say, you know, even last year was low, but we had the MERS issue that, that, that threw a lot of people off. But this year, foreclosures are supposed to spike again. You know, so we have this challenge, and we have these people facing with these, faced with these, these dramatic situations. The best thing they can do is take a step back, you know, go to, a, to go to a course at a nonprofit housing counseling agency and really understand, is this the right move for them? And if it's not, that's okay. They'll help to make a plan to get there.
2: You also have a whole chapter on avoiding mortgage modification scams. Without going into too much detail, what are some of the scams and how can people avoid them if they're needing help uh, avoiding foreclosure through mortgage modification? One of the biggest things is, you know, don't pay for these services.
3: You can get these services, uh, you know, for free by calling a nonprofit uh, housing counseling agency, and the, the government's come out with a lot of programs right now to help people, and if you're, you know, if, you, if you're having an issue, uh, you know, trying to understand if, if uh, what you're talking, you know, what someone's talking about is, is realistic or whatever. You can go do a, a few things. Uh, makinghomeaffordable.gov is a great website that you can go to and, and it'll help you understand the different aspects of mortgage modification programs. You can also get information by visiting HUD's website and that's www.hud.gov. That's H-U-D.gov. And that'll also do a good thing about hud site is you can find a housing counseling agency right in your neighborhood. And just give them a phone call. Tell them what's going on. And if you're facing, you know, these, these issues with your home, especially foreclosure, you know, whatever it may be, give them a phone call, talk to them, and it really holds your hand, help you understand what your, what your, what your options are. They can't tell you what to do, but the good thing is they can lay out some options in front of you. And then you have to kind of make that decision there, okay, you know, is it time for me to get out of this home? Is it time for me to, can I save the home? And and you know, but that 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 comes through with someone working in partnership with you, and it doesn't have to be that way over a fee. It, again, these are nonprofit agencies, and the folks that work for you are great folks. Uh, these housing agencies—they're really passionate about helping you make good decisions.
2: You also have a whole chapter on student loans, where student loan debt is really soaring dramatically now, and because you can't uh, forgive have student loans forgiven in bankruptcy, people are kind of stuck with it. What are some advice you would give on? taking out student loans in the first place and you have a huge burden over how to deal with it. You know, there's been there's arguments back and forth, is it worthwhile to go to college nowadays?
3: You know, and and it's not, it is, it isn't. You know, on average, if you go to college, you you stand to make uh, over $260,000 more throughout your entire lifetime than a high school graduate. So it is important to go to college, even beyond that for your personal self. It helps you open up your mind to the world and you can realize, you know, make different decisions in your life. So college education is very important. Probably some of the biggest challenges with college has been tuition. You know, tuition's gone up, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's private tuition's gone up, I think it's 250% while public tuition, no, I'm sorry, public tuition's gone up 250%, private institutions' gone up 450% in the last 20 years. So it's really important to kind of weigh your options when you're going to school. Don't go for liberal arts or anything like that. Make sure you go in something that's passionate, that you're passionate about, something that's very good, that's marketable. Uh, and, and then try to make a plan before that. A lot of it comes down to networking and who you know. You can use great websites like LinkedIn and Facebook, and you know try to connect with people. So as you're going into college, you're setting those foundations to get employment as you're coming out of college. It's a, you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a more arduous task nowadays, uh, but it's one that's necessary just because of the marketplace. You know we have unemployment that's still you know a challenge, but we also have forty uh, percent of the jobs in this country are not filled. Uh, because we don't have college graduates to fill them. So college education is very important, but like anything else, you have to have a plan for it. And you have to look beyond graduation. You have to really look towards what's it going to mean for your entire life? Where is it going to bring you? What are your goals for the next 20, 30 years? And how's that education going to
2: get there? Because, again, you're going to be faced with this debt when you get out of school. It can be expensive. What can you do at Cambridge to help people who have a crushing amount of student loans to consolidate it or, or get it down somehow? Well, at Cambridge Credit, we don't we don't deal with student
3: loans in that capacity, but we are always out there creating new relationships. And you know, we actually are working with uh, some companies right now. We have some good resources that, if someone's having challenge uh, a challenge with uh, student loans, our counselors can work with them if that's a, an identifying factor in their in their financial plan that's giving them hardship. And we'll get you over to somebody who may be able to offer you some options, or at least can talk to you a little bit more. And that's in their wheelhouse. It'll really go through your student loan situation, and find out. Well, what they can do to bring that down. And there's a lot of programs out there. There's income-based repayment programs. You know, you can deal, you can go to a site like finaid.gov. F-I-N-A, I think it's F-I-N-A-I-D dot, uh, G-O-V. And from there, you can, you know, they'll tell you a little bit different about, you know, a little information about all the student loan types, what kind of repayment programs are, are available, or if you'd have to them, just consolidate them through a loan, they'll give you the information as well.
2: Uh, in about the minute or so we have left, tell people again how they can get uh, the information about your ebook and how to contact uh, Cambridge Credit. Well, they can get our ebook by
3: visiting Amazon.com or going into their Amazon kil- uh, Kindle and then uh, typing in uh, "Learn Now" or "Pay Later." And the great thing about it is because of our nonprofit status and our willingness to get this out there, it's a 99-cent ebook. So for under a dollar, you can get yourself right back on track for your financial plans. And you know, if it's "Learn Now" or "Pay Later," you know you need a little more help than that. You can always give Cambridge Credit Counseling a call. We're at one. 1- or they can visit us online at www.cambridgecredit.org.
2: Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been uh, Thomas J. Fox, Community Outreach Director at uh, Cambridge Credit Counseling. Uh, Lots of information to help people. Many times they're not getting these things in school uh, to learn about uh, managing their credit and setting goals and spending behavior. and uh, avoiding bankruptcy and mortgage modifications, just really an awful lot of things out there. So thanks very much for producing uh, this really helpful ebook and thanks for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Tom. Thanks for having me on. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.